Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. First, a good shout out to Clay Patton for filling in for me yesterday as I judged a county fair. Much appreciated. Uh, We're going to look at a variety of different things. If you look out your window today, you know weather has been the discussion, especially with the weather that's going to be coming in. What does that mean for folks throughout the Corn Belt? Some, of course, going to get more rain. Others going to get less. It's going to be an interesting 24 hours headed our way. It is the weather overtaking what we're seeing within the market trade. We'll also talk about member 1988 and 2012. Well, they're being talked about once again in the marketplace, all kind of tied back to, to weather once again, as we're going to talk all the details today with Arlen Suderman with StoneX. And Arlen, as you and I were talking uh, or starting to talk here, it got dark. The sun went behind the clouds, and we know that this heat up that we're seeing in the Midwest is going to make for some interesting weather action tonight. It is, and uh, unfortunately, we're at risk of some pretty severe um, cluster-type storms here really over the next couple of days in parts of the western Midwest, and then later on, we may see them in other parts of the Midwest. But those areas that kind of get the cluster storms going have the opportunity Maybe opportunity is not the right word to use. The risk of some really heavy rains, maybe some hard stuff, which we really don't need right now, and create some problems. The system is expected to really move across the Midwest in days ahead, and that's why we've seen some pressure on prices. And we can really blame what's called the MJO cycle. It's called the Madden-Julian oscillation cycle, is um, based on the information I'm getting from various weather sources. The Madden-Julian oscillation is a way of tracking um, clouds and rain and uh, wind patterns and different pressure gradient patterns as they drift across the Indian Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. And there's a scale going across the Indian Ocean and then across the Pacific Ocean. And, and wherever these clusters of storms and stuff are, that impacts our jet stream. And it's, it's numbered in phases. And if you go clear to the left-hand side or eastern side of the, I guess, no, it wouldn't be the eastern side. The left-hand side would be the far western part of the Indian Ocean. That would be phase one. And then as you start working east across the Pacific, it gets to phase eight. It's been locked in phase two for a long time, and that's kind of really allowed high pressure to build over the Midwest. It's been a drier pattern. As I look back at the last 40 years and look at uh, rainfall since June 1st, there's been about Oh, about 25% of the year is drier than us, but we've still been dry overall. And the only reason we're not drier than we are is because we, we've had a couple of rain events that have come through because we just couldn't establish a high pressure strong enough to really keep out the moisture. Um, but it's been overall dry. When we look at temperatures since June 1st, there's only two years in the last 40 years that have been hotter, and that's 1988 and 2012. Those years will conjure up a lot of memories for most farmers. So it's been hot and it's been dry and most of that heat has been focused in the western Midwest of the western Corn Belt right here. Um, so now we enter into the pollination phase and uh, the MJO is expected to break out of that phase two into phase three, drifting a little further east in the Indian Ocean. And when it does that, there's a high confidence level based on historical patterns that the Midwest turns wet. 
It allows the jet stream to buckle down briefly, and the high pressure that's been over us retrogrades back to the south and the west, allowing some moderating temperatures to come down out of Canada and some rains to come across the Midwest. And then it gets really hot and dry again as we go into the middle of the month. So we got to get our rains now. High pressure reestablishes itself as we get into the middle of the month. Where that high pressure sets up, if it sets up over eastern Nebraska and Iowa, then it pushes the moisture well to our north and blocks moisture from most of the Midwest. If it sets up over Kansas and Missouri, that's not that much difference overall. Then it allows a lot of Pacific moisture to come up over the top of that. The Coos and Nebraska can still get rains as well as we get a lot of over-the-top-of-the-ridge rains over much of the Midwest if that happens, although we'd be hot. So it doesn't make much of a difference where that high is, but it has a huge difference on how it plays out as far as rainfall. Either way, it should be hot. It makes me wonder, Arlen, as we look at this weather mode that we have gone into with some areas seeing some of the best-looking crops they've seen in a long time, and pollination getting underway. We've got blooms going underway. How do you see that affecting future USDA reports? Well, in this report we get Friday, we don't expect any change in in the yields at all. Um, USDA can change their yield in the July report. They don't like to unless there is a major weather event going on. And for the purposes here, this is too new. It's too much unknown about what's going to happen from this point forward. So I really don't expect USDA change yield. Now it comes down to how hot and how dry it is as we go through the core pollination as far as how bad will the corn crop be hurt. And then does the pattern hold into the month of August to significantly hurt soybeans or not? And there's a lot of different atmospheric signals right now that forecasters are interpreting differently which is going to be the predominant is the high pressure going to lock in is this going to be a pattern in august or is this going to break down as we get in late july and be moderate the temperatures and more rain and forecasters really disagree on that to a great extent right now and again the differences in the jet stream are very subtle but they make huge differences and that's why forecasters disagree because it doesn't take much of an adjustment in the atmosphere to make a whole lot of difference in the type of weather we have. Lots to look at, and we'll know more, of course, when the next uh, 12 hours or so and this storm system moves through and has an effect. Stick around. We've got a lot more to talk about as we hit part two of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll talk about money and coronavirus. I also want to know about meat demand. How is this disease affecting what we're seeing move across your meat counters? Stick around. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue the conversation with Arlen Suderman. And Arlen, kind of left, we were talking about the weather and everything that's been happening. I want to kind of jump into livestock real quick because is there any concerns that you've heard of because of the heat that we've had having any effect on the weights of these cattle? Oh, it's got to impact them. And uh, it's definitely a concern for the feedlots and, and really everybody involved with livestock. Um, particularly with the high humidities, it's just putting a lot of stress on those animals, and that impacts their ability to gain as well. And so uh, I know every livestock producer cares a great deal about their animals and caring for them, and it looks like it's only going to get worse as we get into the middle of the month, um, with much of the country expected to have high risks of extreme heat 
as we get into uh, particularly week two of the forecast, which is kind of the, uh, I want to say the 15th to the 21st of this month and some of the maps I look today. Um, it, it's going to be a high alert time for livestock producers. Are we going to see some some better days coming, some some higher cash opportunities, even though COVID continues to stay in the news? Well, as, as far as, you know, the ag markets, you think, well, people still eat and everything, but the amount of money that comes into the markets is really related to the fund money and the funds have been reluctant to put too much money into the commodities with coronavirus still continuing to grow and and how they perceive the economy is going is a perception of how they see demand for commodities is going to be going and coronavirus headlines are all around us all the time we're hearing daily about how bad it's getting around the nation one of the things of interest though that i noticed is you know back in april all we were hearing daily was the number of deaths from coronavirus and in one death is too many um but uh, i mean as i look back at the centers for disease control website um, the weekly death rate in mid-April topped out at over 16,000 people that died, 16,370 in the week ending April 18 from coronavirus, according to CDC. But since then, it's been trending lower, and that trend lower has been steady, even as the number of coronavirus cases have exploded higher over the last six weeks or so. And in fact, we got to the end of June. Um, there was just what 229 deaths attributed across the country to coronavirus. Um, that's not being reported in the news much. It's all about the number of cases. Now, why are we seeing this divergence here with the number of cases exploding higher and the number of deaths going lower? There's various theories about that. Obviously, we are testing a lot more. And so that's going to increase the numbers. That doesn't account for all of it. As we're testing more, we're testing particularly a lot more young people. And young people do handle it much better, but that still doesn't account for all of it. Um, the viruses, you know, coronaviruses have been around for decades. This is just a new one, uh, if not centuries. Um, they do mutate and uh, one study uh, out of Iceland I think it identified I think it's about 240 mutations already occasionally like in 1918 the Spanish flu they can mutate to a much more deadly form most of the time though they mutate toward a lower a lower risk form and so that may be part of the reason and doctors are simply figuring out how to treat it and getting much better at it. If you listen to the headlines, you think the world's coming to an end with coronavirus cases, and certainly no one wants to get it. But when you look at the statistics, as I've been doing this week, it's not near as threatening and, and fearful. And fear, from an economist standpoint, fear is what I fear more than I do the disease. That has the bigger negative impact on keeping people from driving so that they don't consume gasoline and they don't consume ethanol therefore we don't sell our corn and it affects our corn price at the farm looking at what's been happening with coronavirus uh people wanting to get out on the roads driving is that part of the reason we've seen a bit of a jump when it comes to barrels per day for ethanol 
Yeah, it's really been a factor. Uh, we've noticed the driving really recovered, and therefore the ethanol demand really recovered, but we're starting to plateau now again. Part of the reason we're plateauing again is because with the some localities are starting to shut down again, and people are becoming more fearful with all the news stories and everything. So that is having a negative impact. All right, Arlen, what's the best way for folks to reach you? Uh, at stonex.com. That's easier to say. Or over on Twitter, my handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. Well, thanks so much, Arlen Suderman, joining us today. This has been the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Pick this up as a podcast at our website at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe for those free podcasts, and it can be found on Spotify as well. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.